Welcome to the Injured List Podcast, your source for all sports injury topics. For the weekend warrior to the sports fantasy guru, we keep you in the action and out of the injured list. Listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. Got star power. This is the best quarterback in Alabama history. Tango Violo. He's got a peel. Would definitely be a top three pick in my estimation. So when you start talking about tanking, tank Miami tanking for two and two and Tango Violo has been the best player I've known passers that I've ever seen. If he didn't hurt his hip, I think he very likely would have been the number one pick. Durability is going to be the concern. A deadly tornado ripped through Nashville overnight. We're not going to be able to do a pro day. The spread of coronavirus. Everything's just been stacking up. If I promised you Tua was going to be healthy, is he going to be better for 10 years? I don't know the worst to explain the only work he's done to come back from this. If you give up on Tua, you might be missing out on something special. Finest prospect I've ever seen in my life. You want Tua? Come and get him. <laughs> All you Tua fans out there, you must be pumped after watching that uh, video that he posted on his Twitter account yesterday. Basically, it's a it's a marketing tool that him and his team put together uh, right before this draft coming up, and um, it looked pretty sweet, I got to say. Uh, there was actually some more video of him uh, doing some drills and making some passes, and he looked pretty, pretty darn good uh, despite this uh, recent hip injury and surgery that he's coming off of. So... Um, let's talk about that a little bit, because that's what I'm here to do. And I want to start by saying, you know, it's not a, a minor injury. And I would say that he is probably right where he needs to be as far as his recovery. Um, he's about four months, I think, three to four months out, somewhere in that time frame. I think he had surgery sometime in the beginning of December. So uh, at this stage of the game, he is right where he should be and looks like he's doing really well. So um, I'm assuming he's had all of these other imaging studies and follow-up uh, exams and x-rays, which all show that things are kind of healing and progressing in the right direction. Now, that being said, he is not out of the woods yet. There is still a possibility after an injury like this that you can develop a condition known as AVN or avascular necrosis. This is a condition that led to the demise, unfortunately, of Bo Jackson's career and, and basically ended it prematurely. He suffered a hip dislocation slash subluxation, but his hip spontaneously reduced back into the joint. The difference with Tua is that when he dislocated his hip, he also fractured a piece of bone off of the cup. So your hip is a ball and socket joint. The ball popped out. It knocked the part, part of the cup off or the socket, and that's the thing that needed to be surgically repaired to provide and restore the stability. Now, Anytime you have an injury like that where the hip dislocates or pops out, whether it pops back in or not, there's always a risk that you could have injured the blood vessels that supply blood to the ball part of the hip. And this is essential for maintaining the bony integrity and health of the bone of the hip joint. So 
Um, sometimes this situation can manifest years or even months later. And so in the case of Bo Jackson, that's pretty much what happened. He actually returned back to sports. He didn't require any surgery. He rehabbed, basically came back. But what they didn't realize back then, because, well, number one, it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, give or maybe more. Uh, I forget the exact date. But MRI scans were not as detailed, and they didn't really know as much about the condition. It wasn't as prevalent in athletics. It's not a very common sports injury per se. So he was allowed to kind of go back to participating and playing sports, and eventually he continued having problems. He had pain, and, and eventually the ball part of his hip joint started to collapse. Now, when you have AVN, <clears throat> and when it's evident on an MRI, there is a 70 to 80% chance that over the next three years that the ball part of your hip joint can collapse. So the worst case scenario for Tua is that he develops this situation over the next year or two or whatever, and he eventually has to have what Bo Jackson had, which was essentially a hip replacement at a very young age. That would be the worst case scenario for anybody. But by all accounts, by all reports, and by the video we've seen so far, he looks like he's doing really, really well. And hopefully for him, he'll be able to um, keep going and do what he wants to do and play uh, and have a long, exceptionally healthy career. Um, we'll see. Time will tell. Now, uh, originally, he was supposed to have a combine examination day, I think, on April 20th. That's subsequently been canceled due to the COVID-19 situation. But by what I've heard reported is that he's actually going to be having a repeat MRI scan on that day instead. And they're basically gonna uh, open up his medical record and allow um, some of these teams that are interested in him to get their healthcare professionals to come in, take a look at the studies, take a look at his reports, take a look at whatever uh, other opinions, I guess the physicians have had on his recovery and basically determine whether or not they are willing to take a risk on him or how high a risk they think he is. So um, we'll see what happens after that April 20th uh, MRI and the subsequent uh, draft to follow. My guess is he's doing well and we won't see anything on that MRI. And I hope that's the case because he's a, he's a solid young quarterback. He's got a lot of the intangibles. He seems like a really good young man, well-educated, well-spoken, a family guy. Um, you know, he had a really nice interview uh, not long ago, I believe, on ESPN talking about how he's recovering from his hip. And he said all the right things, made all the right comments. Um, the video, I don't know if it got hyped, you, you got hyped up from that, but I did. And I'm not a huge Tua fan. I really don't um, follow college football too much per se um, until we get to, you know, toward the, the draft time here when guys are starting to really be talked about and considered for NFL positions. <clears throat> That's when I get involved. So, you know, that, that hyped me up, though, I'll tell you that. Now, my only concern with him is a durability issue because if you look back over the last two years, he's had a few injuries. He had an injury to one of the fingers on his throwing hand that required surgery. He dealt with a knee sprain last uh, 2018 that uh, made him wear a brace and knocked him out of a few games, maybe may even lost more time than that. Um, he also had both ankles surgically repaired not long ago prior to this hip injury and dealt with some injuries related to those. So, you know, he's a young guy and he's had several procedures done. He's had several injuries that... When you look back at the replays of these injuries and you look back at the game film, the, the injuries themselves looked pretty innocuous. I mean, they did not really appear at first glance like anything really traumatic or major happened to him. But then within a few minutes, you'll see him walking back to the locker room and then you'll hear reports about how significant the injury was and then subsequent surgeries, et cetera. So my biggest concern with him as a young man entering into the NFL is his long-term durability. 
and his longevity of his career. Because when you're going up against uh, top-notch defenses in the NFL with uh, you know multiple uh, guys coming at you every play trying to take you down, um, you got to be able to take some hits. You got to be able to move out of the pocket, get away, and not get hurt. And uh, that's so that's my biggest uh, concern. And I think that that's what the teams are going to be concerned about more than his actual hip um, injury specifically. And I, I think you have to take it all together. I, can't, I don't think you can isolate one injury over the other. I think you have to kind of look at the whole package. And he's definitely had more things going on physically than some of the other candidates that are out there and quarterback uh, options that they, these teams will have in the draft. Now, that being said, I think Miami and the Chargers, uh, the LA Chargers and Miami Dolphins, I, I don't see how they could pass up an opportunity to grab him at number five or number six, because I think he's still one of the best quarterbacks that is out there this year. You know, I think with Burrow's 2019 season, it makes it hard to say that he should not be taken number one from the quarterback's perspective. But, you know, two is a pretty darn close number two. And if you looked at his stats leading up to 2019, they're pretty comparable to Joe Burrow. So when you look at all the other guys that are out there, I still think he's got an advantage despite all these injuries he's had, despite his most recent hip recovery. I still think he's got a lot of the intangibles. He's still got a lot of skill. So that's my opinion on that. Now, what's going to happen next is I'm going to be a guest um, speaker on my buddy Abe Delgado, Devil's Advocate Sports Talk Show Live. It's a Facebook sports talk show. You may have heard about me talk about this before. And if you've listened to my previous podcast episodes, you've heard me on his show. And so I'm going to talk to him again tonight. He's going to have me on. Um, Tuesdays, 8 o'clock, every Tuesday he does his show. And it's a, basically a, a very fan-friendly, fan-oriented show. He wants people to contribute. He wants people to come on. He wants to speak to fans. He doesn't necessarily want to speak to experts, or reporters, or any people like that. I'm the only expert he brings on to kind of clarify some of the things you may hear on reports on the TV um, because he knows that I'm a fan, A, and that I know what I'm talking about because I work in the medical profession and I work in sports medicine. So... Um, I'm not going to go into all that now. I've talked about that on my trailer and my other stuff. You can look at that on my website as well, www.injurelist.com. You can check out my Facebook page, <clears throat> the Injury List Podcast. You can also check out my Twitter page, which is at host Brian Scott. I've got a lot more information on there. You can listen to all my episodes that I've published thus far. We've got a lot more going on with that. Um, we're going to really kind of tweak things and get things really refined come the NFL start of the NFL season, which I hope will go on as uh, normally planned. And um, stay tuned today. We're going to go be a guest on Abe's show, The Devil's Advocate Sports Talk Live. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Tua uh, Tagovailoa situation, and we're going to talk some more uh, sports topics. He's probably got a whole bunch of stuff lined up. He's really good about that. So stay with us. Sit tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. Tua, the five-star, most gifted high school passer Trent Dilfer's ever seen. This guy's special. He's different. Touchdown! Aloha! Rush for the score! He's everything he's cracked up to be. And here it is. Tungvaloa gets the second half start. It's a big play here. Surveying the field. Fires end zone. Touchdown! Bama scores a touchdown. They win the game. Circling back. Drops! A 
disastrous first down play. Agavalloa fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! The answer to everyone's question is simple. The starting quarterback is Tui. To a Tonga They love him down here. I just feel sorry for defenses trying to defend this offense. Here's Tua. Claps his hands. Tua throws long. Thank you very much. Beautifully thrown pass. Tua is college football's version of LeBron. That is just too easy. This is what this kid can do. They are a machine offensively. We know he can run the ball as well. Dances inside the five and cuts back in for the touchdown. Two is the kind of guy that's never really satisfied. He's obviously been as productive as anybody at his position in the country. He was a very athletic, instinctive guy that has a lot of pride in performance. He really wants to be the best. He's always focused on trying to improve, and you know, those are the kind of guys you want in his position. He's a transcendent player for this program, and he means even more to those that have gotten a chance to get to know him. Podcast coming out this summer, the injured list. Brian will be with us tonight. We got Tiffany coming on talking some Major League Baseball, how we feel about uh, them trying to start the season finally, um, trying to figure out a way to do it. We'll see what you guys feel about that. I know I have my thoughts about it. So uh, if you're watching for the first time, welcome to the show. Uh, this is a weekly sports talk show that is for the fans buy a fan and it's all about fan participation. So uh, we definitely want you guys to be involved. That's what the show is all about. If you want to be a part of the show, there's a couple different ways you could do it. Number one, we have two small rules. Just keep it to sports, right? We don't want to be talking about politics and everything going on in the world. We leave that to the news. We leave, we leave that to enough of what you guys are hearing all the time. So this is a place you can come and kind of forget everything that's going on. So keep it to sports and be respectful to each other, and let's have some fun, spark some debates. If you want to be a part of the show, number one, as you're going to see throughout the show, you're going to see comments going on like crazy. So feel free to comment. We'll bring some comments on the screen, talk about it. If you have a question for one of my guests, for myself, you don't like what we're saying, please. It's all about fan participation. Uh, also, you can come live on the show. That's what the best part about this, guys. It's all about you guys. So you'll see some guests coming on. Tonight, we can split the screen. I can have up to three people on the show at the same time. So I encourage you guys to come on. If you have something that you want to talk about, your team, your sport, whatever it may be, by all means, come on. So welcome again to Devil's Healthy out there. I hope everybody is mentally uh, keeping it together. I know it's tough. I, I have my days. We all do. Uh, but that's why we're here on this show. That's why I'm continuing it even though there's no sports going on, because I want to make sure that we have something uh, to get our minds off the craziness that's going out there. Again, thank you to all the first responders and all the people out there uh, that are essential workers and in healthcare on the front lines. You guys are doing an amazing job, and trust me, this will not be forgotten. I heard something out there that uh, somebody suggested waiving all of the student loans for all the nurses and healthcare workers out there and just getting rid of all their debt. Man, if we could do that, I would definitely, uh, definitely 
uh, be be in favor of that. So welcome to the show, everybody. Devil's Advocate Sports Talk. We're going to go now to my next guest. He is the um, the host of an upcoming podcast called The Injured List. This is Brian in North Carolina. Brian, can you hear me? Yeah, bud. What's up? Oh, hold on. Let me unmute you. Hey, hey, hey. Then we can hear you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Brian, try it again. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How's it going? Welcome to the show. How are you holding up out there? Um, everything's good. Everything's good. You have the family's healthy. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. So, Brian, where do you want to start? Oh, I know where you want to start. So we talked oh. about this a little bit off air. Uh, the NFL draft is coming up, and the NFL draft is going to be virtual for the first time ever. Yeah. There will not be any war rooms. Uh, the team was very upset about that. All these teams <laughs> wanted to somehow get together. They'll be able to do it. Even Sean Payton, who had the <laughs> was mad that he couldn't get with his team for the draft. So talk to us a little bit about, about the upcoming draft and what you feel uh, about about Tua. Okay. Well, first of all, let me just say I, I touched on this subject matter in much more detail on my new podcast episode, which I'm going to be publishing later tonight into tomorrow. So check it out. Um, the Injured List podcast. It's the Injury Plug List. It, it's, on, it. it's on Twitter. My uh, at host Brian Scott is my Twitter feed. Uh, Facebook, the Injury List podcast. You guys can check it out. All the links are there. It's on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, it's all over the uh, uh, Stitcher. It's on all of them. So um, I, I went into a little bit more detail about the uh, Tua injury and how that, I think, is going to be one of the most intriguing parts of this draft coming up. Um, when you consider that he's a pretty top-tier talent and there's a lot of controversy and questioning surrounding his injury status and how he's recovering from his recent hip injury and surgery. And um, so that's what I basically go into on my podcast. So I encourage you guys all to listen to it, check it out. But just in a nutshell, all I wanted to say was I think that um, he is probably going to be the most intriguing draft pick about where he falls as far as the draft order and to which team. Um, he's been putting out a lot of uh, social media videos on Twitter and Facebook, basically kind of marketing himself and basically trying to prove to everybody that he's good to go and he's back to 100%. Um, and I hope for his sake he is because he's a he's a fun guy to watch. I think he's uber talented. He's got great skills, great pocket awareness. He's a, by all accounts and from what I've seen on interviews, he's a good young man, educated family guy. Um, I hope he succeeds and I hope he does well. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to get well, your Brian, feedback on this too. Let me ask you, you're a medical professional. You've seen sports injuries. If you don't know out there, Brian was a tra sports trainer for a long time. So tell us, Brian, do you believe in your heart that he should start the season with the type of injuries coming off of him? No, I think he should sit, sit out some time. I think because he's not out of the woods technically yet when it comes to his injury and as far as complications that can occur after that. So I, I don't think it would be wise to just throw him right into the fire. I think they need to kind of slowly bring him along, let him bury his head in the books and the playbook, for example, and kind of just gradually get back into football, which is, I think, going to be the game plan no matter who picks him and where he goes. But um, I do not think he should be thrown right into the fire right away. Uh, that could potentially well, he prove... He play. He says he's ready to go. He says That's... he's 100% he could start. That's what he says, but... You know, he's only, I think, three, four months out. And if there is one thing that we know historically with his injury, things can actually change and things can manifest much later on in the healing process. Um, he does have youth on his side. So he, you know, he and he did have a different, technically he had a different injury than Bo Jackson. 
And, you know, we're in a different phase of medicine than we were, you know, 20 plus years ago. So he has all that kind of working in his favor, but I think okay. it would be a gross right. disservice to him and his longevity and his career if they threw him to the fire right away. Absolutely. I agree with you, but let me ask you this. If Bo Jackson had the injury today, could Bo Jackson come back? I mean, is it is the medicine that, that further along now where Bo Jackson could have had the rest of his career had he played today? Uh, that's, that's a really tough call to make. In fact, I think it's actually probably his career would have ended even sooner because they would have known that there was more complications going on than they actually did at the time. And I think that's why Bo ended up having such an abrupt end to his career is because he actually tried playing through it for a period of time and they didn't realize how serious it was. And part of that reason was because the imaging technology and stuff wasn't as advanced as it is now. And so they may have tried to look for certain things that were happening but couldn't see them just because the technology wasn't there yet. That's, and that's just you know what my opinion based on what I know from what I've read and all the reports and whatnot. But I think that I don't think it would have necessarily changed Bo Jackson's outcome Unfortunately, uh, he, he suffered an injury where uh, the, he basically traumatized his hip to the point where there was irreversible damage from the get-go. And I think so that- So let's start the record straight because a lot of people are thinking that it's the same injury. So not the, the same. injury and the Bo Jackson injury are totally two different injuries, correct? Two different injuries, from what I understand, two different injuries based on what I've read and what I've seen reported and um, much at this phase, much different outcomes so far. But two is not out of the woods. There's still basically the most severe side effect, the most severe complication from this type of injury is basically what Bo Jackson had. Now, Tua is in a much smaller risk category because of the treatment that he had and the fact of the surgery that he had and the fact that they were able to treat him so quickly and right away. And he's had follow-up scans, which are much better now than they were 20 plus years ago. So if they're saying he's healthy and he's ready to go, he more than likely is, but that being said, I still think it's a disservice to try and throw him right into the fire right away. I don't think he's going to be ready. Um, you know, the NFL is a much, much faster, harder-hitting game than it is in, even in Division One college. And when you're playing behind a, probably one of the best O-lines in the, at Oklahoma and going up against inferior competition, you know, things tend to even out on Sundays in the NFL. Sure. So, you know, you got to keep that in the back of your mind, too. You, you, get, you don't want to, like, throw this kid right out there and then end up something bad happening and you shatter his career before it even got started. Yeah, so. I mean, in my mind, um, I'm hoping Detroit takes him – uh, I think they're picking right before the Giants. So, yeah, I, I don't know. So. They have Stafford. You know, they got a quarterback there. So, this rules out all the, the teams out there that, that need a quarterback to start this year, right? I mean, we, we can't expect this kid to start, right? I, I, would, I, wouldn't, I would not expect him to be starting this year. I, I would hope that the team that does take him is kind of feeling the same way and would, would basically let him kind of, you know, grow accustomed to the NFL lifestyle and get accustomed to the playbook before they actually started throwing him to the Wolves. I, I do think he's a good fit in Miami. I think he's a great fit with the Chargers. I'm kind of hoping he goes there. I think that's what they're projecting. We'll see. Some, there's been some talk about somebody, uh, some teams trading up to try and get him like earlier. Um, I, I think he's a risk worth taking. I think he's got all the skill. I think he's got all the mental aspect of it. I think he's the right fit. I think he's, he's a professional, carries himself in such a way. I just hope that longevity-wise, that he can make it. I hope that he can hold up to the rigors of the NFL schedule because he has had some other injuries in the past. I've kind of go into those in my podcast episode. Um, and that, to me, that's actually the only concern I have with him is whether or not he's going to be able to kind of sustain it 
for the length of the whole NFL season for years and years and years. We'll see, Tom. Yeah. Tell. And, uh, again, this is Brian Scott. He is the host of his own podcast uh, called The Injured List. It's coming out this summer. Actually, he's publishing, right, Brian? You're publishing uh, episodes now. Correct? Yeah, we've got three episodes up already. I've got a fourth coming out <clears throat> probably tomorrow morning sometime, if not late tonight. I'm working on that. Uh, as we speak. And this segment will be featured in that podcast episode as well, along with some more detailed information about Tua. And um, yeah, we've got some other stuff in the works and planning ahead. So uh, check them out. Awesome. So you heard my top 10 list. I did. Again, Brian, you are a general manager, right? You have <laughs> one year, this year, this upcoming year to win a Super Bowl. Give me your top 10 or just tell me, what do you think about mine? Would you replace anybody? Did I forget somebody? What are your thoughts? Um, I had, for the most part, I had most of the guys you had on there. I definitely had a few that you did not in my top five. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of skip to, to number five and I'll go from there. What I will say right. is I, I took the approach that I have the team is already in place and the missing link is going to be this quarterback. That's the way I took this. So my top five is going to be, if I just plug that guy in, then we're good to go and we're Super Bowl okay. bound. So... Um, I did not have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in my top five. Uh, wow. My top five actually started with Drew Brees. And part of the reason for that, which we'll kind of touch base on in a second, is because I think he got slighted and he feels slighted that he got left out of the all-decade team. So he's got a point to prove this coming season. So <laughs> now I don't even look at the whether or not the team is going to be that's surrounding these guys is going to be of any benefit. I'm just looking at it from a GM perspective, right? Like you think your team's the, the one and you need this guy to plug it in. So I plugged him in with my number five. My number four, I went with Jimmy Garoppolo. The guy's been, he's been playing well. He's, he's the, a barring injury. He's no, he bounced no, back. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, Brian. I'm sorry. What that guy did in the Super Bowl, I, I can't feel confident with this guy putting him into another Super Bowl right now. I don't even think San Francisco's confident. Oh. I think they wanted Tom Brady and to oh. get rid of him, give him back to New England. <laughs> that would have been that would have been something to see, huh? I mean, that would have been awesome. All right. Well, let me keep. That. Let me keep. That's what I heard. That's what the report said. Well, let me. Jimmy, and, and to have him at number four, man. Uh, Woo! That is that is saying something, Bry. I don't even have him in my top 10. I know. I noticed. Well, they needed him to throw (laughs) one big timely pass. He couldn't do it. All he had to do was complete one pass and he couldn't do it. I know. I know. All all right. Well, let's keep going because I I know you're getting upset by that. (laughs) My number, you'll be happy with my my number three. It was also Russell Wilson. Okay. So I guess, does that make you feel a little better? (laughs) You redeemed yourself. I don't know where you're going to hit me on this one because I don't even think you had this guy in your top 10 either, but I had Lamar Jackson, man. This guy's, he's a young player. I have Lamar. I have, oh, did listen, you? Okay. I must have not I heard that. Him. My problem with Lamar Jackson is for the first two seasons, he made the playoffs. And for right now, he can't win the big game. You know, he's great. That comes with experience. Season. That comes with experience. It does come with experience. Um, but that's why I have him a little bit lower. Yeah, he's number fair. seven on my list. That's fair. Um, and I got Mahomes at number one. I don't know how you could not put him number one. That's the easy one. (laughs) To me, the top five is kind of easy. It's the bottom five that I know some of these uh, knuckleheads that are coming on soon are definitely going to fight me on is that bottom five. Well, listen, I will will say this. I mean, I could make, you can make, so, I mean, who do I put 
in, in, in like, okay, so I take Jimmy out of number four. Maybe you move Drew, Drew Brees up to four. But then where do I put Jimmy Garoppolo? Like ahead or behind Aaron Rodgers? You know, Aaron Rodgers? You put Jimmy Garoppolo on the bench. <laughs> I got to be honest, though, dude. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has had the last three years, I think, statistically have been slow decline each year. If you look at his stats. Mm-hmm. He, Tom Brady, I don't know, man. You know, I think, I think he's just. Hanging on the dream right now, living on the dream. Like he's talking about Tom Brady after this year because he's got Mike Evans. I know he's got a team around him. I know he's got. I don't know who else. Who's that slot receiver? It's not Adam Humphreys anymore. He's gone. He's on Tennessee. Who's that slot receiver that they have? We got to find that out. If you're out there watching, let me know. I probably Adam will probably come up with it, but. But I'm telling you, he's got Braitha tight end. He's got weapons. So talk to me after this year. Well, yeah, we'll, t- we'll, re- we'll revisit that. All right. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue the rest of them because I, I think no, we're pretty much in agreement. Then focusing on something, though. Who's not in your top 10? Dak Prescott. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's definitely right. He's not, he's yeah. not in the top 10. I don't think he's going to be in anybody's top 10. I know that. That's why the Cowboys aren't paying him. They're looking to franchise tag him. So that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Brian, real quick, because uh, I know you're a basketball fan also, the uh, the NBA came out with their Hall of Fame class, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, one of the best classes, Rudy Tomjanovich as a coach, yep. all deservingly. But I've read reports where people are debating who had the better career, Kobe or Tim Duncan. What say you about that? Oh, I say, I say get off. Get up, put those people in the mental asylum. What are they talking about? These are... Two different position players, they their roles within the team are completely different. It's like comparing apples and oranges. Championships. They both. It's okay. Well, great. They're both Hall of Famers, and that's the way it should be. But I'm not going to say one's better than the other. There, I mean, Kobe is phenomenal in his own right, and so is Tim Duncan. He did what he did. He had his own great career. I mean, I don't know why you got to compare them. It's not like comparing Jordan with LeBron. And ah, that's not fun. They're two different positions. You want to say is Tim Duncan better than like? you know, Ewing or Elijah Wan or any of those guys, that's an argument I'll take, and I will not put him above some of those other guys, but I will not compare him to Kobe Bryant. Tell it to me straight. Tim Duncan or Akeem Olajuwon? Oh, I love Akeem the Dream, baby. Akeem the Dream was the man. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Dude, Duncan played on a pretty stacked team for a lot of his career. Now, I know Andrew, our buddy Andrew, is going to flip out about that, but, I mean, he had the Admiral next to him. He had Tony Parker. He had the Admiral next to him. He had Tony Parker. I mean, he had some great teams. Their coaching staff has always been phenomenal. Um, you know, they were able to f- get the most out of players off the bench, like like Ginobili. I've never seen before. Ginobili. I mean, you name it. Like uh, just guys coming off the bench too, like you never heard of. That came up big in big games. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. Um, you got to give coaches credit for that. Uh, you know, uh, the team. Who did he have on his team? Kenny Smith. <laughs> yeah, Vernon Maxwell. Who else? Thorpe. Otis Thorpe. On that team? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, and he and he carried them on his back. Uh, oh, he did. You know, he did. so. He still doesn't win those two championships if Jordan plays, but. Right. <laughs> well, but a lot of people don't if Jordan's still there. <laughs> he was, he was, uh, he was unbelievable. Brian, I got to get going. We got some other guys waiting to come Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you go, I've got to take Tiffany's back on this, dude. NASCAR, auto racing in general, especially the top tier auto racing leagues or whatever you want to call them divisions most definitely a sport those guys are athletes those that is a sport like you have no idea in fact it's so much so a sport and i know this because i take care of a lot of these guys down here in north carolina it's a hub for them 
This is where their a lot of their home shops are. Um, they go out. That's why you're saying this. No, no. Well, well, that's part of it, but but also because they it's so much so a sport that they a lot of their pit crew members who hop over the wall and take care of the drivers and car during pit stops are former professional or slash collegiate athletes. So if it wasn't a sport, then you wouldn't have athletes participating. And the drivers themselves are athletes. These guys are in tip top shape. The cars. I'm not saying saying Tiffany is just now, but but where I have a a issue with with your statement about athletes. I'm just saying NASCAR isn't a sport when you have to depend upon a vehicle Mm -mm. or a machine to determine how good you are. No, you don't. That's what I'm saying. No, you don't because isn't performing. I don't care how good the driver is. You're not going to win. But here's the, but you got to look at the flip side of that, dude. The flip side is you can give the best car in the world that has all the nuts and bolts and all the fancy hoopla, whatever, to the worst driver. And nine times out of 10, like I said in my post, he is not going to win or even place. (laughs) So if you take uh, the best driver and give him a mediocre car on any Sunday or any race day, I guarantee you he's going to be able to work his way through the field and put that car in a position to win or at least be competitive where somebody else who's not as good is not going to be able to do that with a much better car. So, and that's the truth. Race car people know that. All right. On that note, I'm going <laughs> to let you go. This is Brian Scott, the host of his own podcast. Check it out. The injured list. Brian, thanks for stopping by. I'll All see right, you man. next time. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Hope you enjoyed this most recent episode, episode number four. Look forward to having you guys listen in on some future endeavors, future podcasts, future talk shows. Take care, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay safe.